The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents, with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order, or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to give a huge shout out to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight, uh, month after month, year after year. Uh, all of my new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And hopefully you will become an, uh, a regular listener uh, going forward. And most importantly, I want to give thanks to God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Well, hopefully all of you are doing well tonight, uh, doing well in this day and time. We have so much going on in the world, but all is well if you're alive and well here in this broadcast. I have to say, last week, some good news. I made mention of this, I guess, about two weeks ago. My wife and I... Uh, we got our youngest child off into college and so glad to get her in. And next week, I will be going up to Boston to get my oldest back into school. So as I said last week, it's celebration time. You know, I feel like I think it's cool in the gang or either Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, the song Celebration Time. That's what we feel like right here in our home. And no, we're not bad parents. We love our children. That's why we raised them, so they can branch out on their own, especially going off to college. But my wife and I, we're going to have a great time uh, uh, being empty nesters. Now, at the same time, I'm yet concerned uh, regarding COVID-19. Now, we prepared our kids as best we can, and hopefully you have uh, prepared yourself uh, or have been preparing yourself Uh, with washing your hands, uh, wearing your mask, doing what's necessary to keep yourself safe, your family safe, as well as other people that are around you. So, and with school and with colleges uh, coming back to the campuses, you know, reopening and starting back, uh, let's make sure that we pray over all of our children, over all of the teachers and administrators uh, going back to school. Uh, They have a big, this is a huge thing right now. And unfortunately, we keep hearing cases and different different shutdowns, different quarantines, but hey, let's make sure that we can do what's necessary to keep ourselves safe as well as those that are, we are around. Now, we have an excellent show tonight. Now, about two weeks ago, we had some technical issues, but those technical issues have been resolved, and I'm so glad to have my guest. Uh, I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. We're going to be talking about overcoming shame and guilt around money. So stay tuned for that segment. Now, if you had any questions or comments tonight, you can call in at 
989-8078. You can call in with your questions and or your comments. Again, the number is 917-889-8078. And if you don't know, you can listen to all of my past shows on demand. You can catch me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So you can listen to us on all of your, uh, on your, I guess, particular platform. And you can listen to us at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, If you haven't visited my website at shipmanconsulting.com, I have created a, a radio show page that showcases all of my past guests that I've been very fortunate to have here on the show, as well as a listing of all of the shows that uh, we've done here on the show. So I would encourage you to check their website out, go to the website page, and check out all the gal- check out the gallery of all my past guests. And for all of the parents that are out there, I have a question for you. Did you prepare and teach your college-bound teenagers any money skills? Are you comfortable with your son or daughter's understanding and use of money? If you're not comfortable, make sure to reach out to me. I'm offering some financial coaching for college students to help prepare them to be financially equipped and responsible as they're in college. Visit my website, go to the Contact Us page, and submit a request for help. I'll be more than happy to sit down with you and or your children to help them uh, make sure that they're financially responsible as they uh, go to college and out into the world. Well, let's get started for tonight. Now, my guest tonight, I have to say, um, when we first met, it was it was a great conversation, especially around uh, this topic that we're going to talk about tonight. So are you ready to master your money and become a financial success? Then you need Christine Lucan, the financial lifeguard in your corner. As the founder of the Financial Dignity Movement, Christine has coached hundreds of high-earning professionals to pay off staggering amounts of debt and massively increase their net worth. Her book, Money is Emotional, Prevent Your Heart from Hijacking Your Wallet, has landed her almost 100 podcasts and TV interviews, establishing her as the authority on money and emotions. When she is not coaching clients from her home office in Cincinnati, You can find this member of the Financial Therapy Association curled up with a good book, a fluffy cat, and a strong cup of coffee. But you can also find her at her (laughs) website at christinelukin.com. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Christine Lukin. Hello, Christine. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I am doing wonderful. You know, I'm excited. I'm about to get both of my kids out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be a free man. Yes, freedom. <laughs> but for, but for some strange reason, but some for some strange reason, I keep hearing parents tell me that kids are like a rubber band, though. <laughs> that, you, that they're going to snap back. <laughs> yeah, so from time to time, I, I guess I can do that, though. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, well, good. Well, uh, good. you know, I did have to move back in with my parents when I was. 26 so you know yeah, I had I did the same thing oh yeah I did the same thing so so I'm ready I'm ready if that if it comes to that they'll always welcome back here but but it's a delight <laughs> to have you here Christine I know like I said the last uh two weeks ago we had some technical issues but tonight 
We have the floor tonight, and we're hopefully going to bless people by the information that we're going to talk about tonight. So uh, thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm glad to be here. I love talking about this stuff. Perfect, perfect. Well, money is like relationships. I I did a posting uh, uh, stating that at one time. It carries a lot of emotions, which includes shame and guilt. Especially when yes, people, they can. You know, yeah, it make when people make money mistakes. And one thing I want to say to all of us tonight that are listening in, all of us, including us as educators, we have made some financial mistakes. We have bought things that we did not need or could not afford. We've made some impulse purchases. We've bought things to keep up with friends or families or coworkers. And afterwards, when we came down from that high of getting those things, whatever that, those things, whatever they were, we realized that we made some mistakes and sometimes shame and guilt come or came into our lives. So we want to touch yeah. on that topic tonight. So I want to start yeah, off by asking. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to ask you this question then, Christine. How do people overcome shame and guilt from past money mistakes? Enlighten yeah. us. Yes. Well, and, you know, first off, I just want to let all the listeners know that, you know, when you talked about us making money mistakes, like this is why I am a financial coach. You know, I alluded to the fact that I had to move back in with my parents when I was 26 and that's because I hit financial rock bottom at age 26 and I had an accounting degree. So I was somebody who should have known better. And it wasn't just like, Oh, I had a little bit of debt and I made some mistakes. I mean, I owed three different payday lenders money. I was behind on my car payment. I had all kinds of collections and past due bills. Um, I jokingly say if it's possible to have a negative credit score, I probably did. Um, because it was that bad. And so I know firsthand what it feels like to experience guilt and money shame. And, you know, part of my story, which I I tell all the good juicy details in my book, Money is Emotional, um, you know, a good part of the reason why I got into that situation was because I was in an unhealthy relationship uh, with someone who was not financially responsible And, um, you know, I remember myself just feeling very overwhelmed with my, with my money mess. And, um, you know, it's like when I looked at all of the stuff that I had to clean up, it was almost like that experience of walking into your house after it's been in a flood or a tornado, like you open up the front door and like, everything is a disaster, right? And so that's literally what my financial house looked like. And it was like everything was a disaster. And you have that overwhelming feeling like, I just want to close the door and walk away and not deal with this. Um, and, and, and so I understand how that, how, how that can feel. Um, and so, you know, there's a difference in, feeling, um, I, I do want to make the distinction that there's, there's a difference between feeling guilt and remorse over a mistake and feeling shame. Because when we do something wrong, you know, that's our conscience telling us, like, 
you've done something wrong, you know, and, and maybe we do need to make amends for that, mm-hmm. you know, whether financially or, or otherwise. I mean, you know, I had bounced checks to people. I had, you know, basically lied to the bank and said I had money in there when I didn't. And, right. you know, it is okay to feel, you know, some remorse and some guilt over those, um, over those mistakes if you learn from it. So if, if you say, okay, I've done something wrong, I need to make amends and I need to do something different. Um, and, you know, guilt and remorse basically say I did something wrong. Like I did something bad. I did something wrong. Shane says I did something wrong and I'm a bad person because of it. So there is that distinction, right? There's there's no productive side to shame, right? If we feel guilt or remorse, that's like our little conscience check to say like, hey, you know, you're not living in line with your values and with your morals and you need to make a change. But shame basically says it internalizes that badness and that wrongness and says, because I've done this, like, I can't be forgiven for this, you know, that this makes me a bad person. And so I think it's important to make that distinction that just because you have made a mistake, you are not your mistakes, right? And you That's can right. be redeemed from those. And, you know, I am living proof of it because, you know, I completely trashed my finances. Um, and yet here I am now a veteran financial coach who's been doing this for 12 years who, you know, has shown people that, Hey, just because we've made these mistakes doesn't mean we have to continue to live by them. And, and, you know, there's this cycle of shame. So when we do something wrong and we feel shame about it, it makes us want to hide. And when we hide, we don't get the help that we need to prevent future mistakes from happening, right? So you make a money mistake, Mm -hmm. you feel shameful about it, you don't go to Christine or Lionel to get help, (laughs) right? Uh You hide from the problem, you you don't seek the knowledge that you need to change, and then, of course, what happens? You're going to end up making another mistake, right? And then the cycle continues. So, you know, it's, it's important for people to understand that the way to break that cycle is to reach out for help and to say, I can't do this by myself. And I had to do that despite having my accounting degree when I was 26, because I was so overwhelmed with the emotions that I could not think straight when it came to looking at my own finance story behind all of those bills. And when I thought about what mistakes I had made or the things that my ex-fiance had done to help contribute to that mess, I was just an emotional basket case. And so it was extremely helpful for me to have somebody from the outside, which was my dad, you know, he wasn't emotionally attached to my bills. He could just come alongside me and say, okay, here's, here's what we're dealing with. You know, here's your total amount of debt. Here's what your monthly payments are. And, you know, he just gave me those baby steps and said, just, you know, do these two or three things. But, you know, the important point that I want to make, especially because I know there are parents that are listening, um, is that, you know, 
if your kids screw up with money and they come to you for help, please don't say, I told you so. Right? Because that triggers that shame response. Right? I mean, my dad was right. smart enough, and I think he was just, like, so happy that I was leaving my ex-fiance and not marrying him. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he was he was yeah. very gracious. He did not say, I told you so. I mean, and right. I'm sure he wanted to so bad. <laughs> No, he, he he was cheering on the inside. <laughs> I know he was cheering on the inside. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely know that he was, um, yeah. but he did not. He did not show it on the outside. He just said, "Okay, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. You know, you can come stay with us for a couple months." Because I had no money to move. I I had no money to move out. I wanted to leave the relationship, but I literally had no money to do that. Yeah. Um, so he said, okay, like, here's what we're going to do. And, and part of the arrangement was, you know, you're going to sit down with me once a week and we're going to go over this stuff and we're going to make sure that you're moving forward. But he yeah, did yeah. it without judgment. And that's very right. important. Because I, I think it's so important that you, you hit on something that was so simple, but it's so difficult with people. And that is, it is. asking for help. I mean, it, it could be a number of different things. I mean, of course, the shame part, absolutely, but then they, there's a fear part of uh, that you feel kind of vulnerable that ah, they're gonna know exactly what I did, and uh, right. we have you ha- you have to get to a point to where you have to overcome that and say you know what I simply need help because I can be helped I can overcome this my life can change I'm not a bad person I may have right. I may have had some uh, I may have made some mistakes. I say, I would even say some bad mistakes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a bad person. I've t- shared right. plenty of times here on on the air that when I graduated college, I had five credit cards, and they all had 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 balances on them. I was completely, yep. yeah, everything was in my name. And when I moved to here, my saving grace is when I uh, started working in the bank. And started to figure out how money works, but I had to ask someone. I had to reach out. I had to read some books. I had to talk to people and say, "Hey, how can I make this happen uh, where I can get out of debt?" And I got out of debt. And here it is, like you said, right. here we are, years later. Here we are. We're teaching what we've actually been through. So, so that big part is right. definitely important. Seeking help. Yeah, and well, and that's one of the reasons why I share what I have been through so openly with people. And I jokingly say like money is emotional is like the least boring financial book you're ever going to read because it's like half tabloid of my life as I crashed and burned financially. (laughs) And then the other half is like, you know, how to harness your emotions so that you can actually succeed with money. So it's like, I know you've read other boring money books. This is not that book. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. No, this, this one is going to help you really get to where you where you need to be uh, and and see i, I like the, the the authentic uh authenticity of the book you sharing what yes. you actually went through and how you came out of it so that's uh, because right. it's so many people listening in uh even tonight uh even in podcasts that they are dealing with this uh with the emotions around money of past mistakes and 
even current mistakes. I mean, they're unfortunately right. we're in a you know, with COVID nineteen, everybody's affected in some uh, some way financially, and we could they could have easily made some financial mistakes, but you can overcome that. And it doesn't make you a bad person. Sometimes we do things out of desperation, and now we yep. have the opportunity to correct it uh, only after we seek help. So uh, thank you for right. that. I mean, how, yeah. Now, now, how do we? How do you? Seeing that you are my expert tonight, how do you change people's mindset around money to prevent them or at least minimize future money mistakes? Well, I think the most important thing for people to realize is that we cannot separate emotions from money. Science has recently proven that the moment of decision happens in the same part of the brain that processes emotion. And so some financial professionals will say, like, oh, just leave emotion out of it and just make logical money decisions. And people might try to do that. But at some point, they're going to fail if they, if they continue down that path. Um, and then they end up saying, what's wrong with me? Like, what's wrong with me that I can't make myself behave? Um, and I tell them that's the wrong question to ask. The right question to ask is what happened to me? Like, what has happened to me in my past that's causing me to interact with my money in this way? And so one of the things that I tell people to do to bring awareness around their, their mindset around money is to write down the negative things that they catch themselves saying about money or that they catch themselves thinking about money and to examine where those things came from. Because, you know, most of our behavior on a day-to-day basis is – coming from our subconscious mind. So like our conscious mind only controls about 5% of what we do from day to day. And now part of that's actually like a good thing because if you and I had to spend our brain power thinking about how to tie our shoes or how to drive a car, we, we wouldn't have the brain power we needed to like do our work and, you know, write, write books and, you know, do all, all of those wonderful things. Um, but the problem is when we have these programs, these money programs running in the background in our subconscious mind and we're not aware of them, they can actually be causing us to do things and, and we don't know why. Like we don't know why we're doing this. And I'll give you an example. So I had a client who she was – she knew she should save money, but she was having trouble like making herself save money. Um, and so we kind of started exploring some of these things. I started asking her about her different childhood experiences with money, what her parents said about money. Um, you know, and I asked her, I said, was there anything like negative that happened relative to, to money when you were a little kid? And she said, you know, there was a time when my older brother stole money from me when I was five. You know, she had like cash saved up um, and her brother stole money from her. And so we realized what happened was because of that experience, because it felt very emotional and very traumatic to her five-year-old self, 
like, I mean, it was like $10, right? So, like, from her adult perspective, she was like, well, my brother stole $10 from me when I was five. Well, I mean, that doesn't seem like much money when you're 30, but, you know, when you're five, that seems like a million dollars, right? Oh, yeah. And someone that you trust, your family member, violates that and steals from you, you know, that trust is broken. Then all of a sudden to her, it created this belief in her five-year-old mind that was then deposited into her subconscious that saving money isn't safe. Wow. And, and it wasn't until we uncovered that memory and we said, okay, why don't we rewrite that story with a happy ending? And why don't we create some new positive money mantras around saving being safe and that you're a good saver and that you feel secure in your savings and make, you know, flip those negative beliefs. But the thing was, is like, she didn't even realize it was there. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, think things from the past affect uh, our activities and behaviors of today. So I can, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and it's very interesting because sometimes people think like, oh, why did, you know, something that happened to me when I was a little kid, why was that a big deal? The big deal is that your brain processes information differently when you're a child. Um, Like your brain waves are literally different when you are like seven or eight or younger. Um, You don't have that logical, um, you know, that reasoning part to say like, that's not true or that's not right. Uh, What happens is, you know, you're basically like absorbing as much information as possible when you're a young child so that you can live and operate in the world. And so when things happen to you, they're basically downloaded into your unconscious mind as the truth, whether they're actually true or not. And so, you know, that's why it is important to explore some of those things and to say, you know, is there something that happened to me that, I am still operating out of this old program that is not serving me anymore. Yeah, I I can definitely see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, parents, you got to be really careful what you say to your kids about money. (laughs) Yes, please do. Well, I put it like this. In addition to what you say about money, what they see you do with money as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it can affect you long term as well. I've seen that happen, you know, in generations of people that uh, mismanage yeah. money. The parents mismanage money. The children mismanage money. And when the grandkids got older, they mismanage money unless someone taught them otherwise. And it continues on right. that particular cycle. So very, very key point there. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah, important. To... Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was about to shift gears, but go ahead, finish with your point first. No, 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 go ahead. Let's, okay, let's, all let's right. get some more good stuff. <laughs> okay, now you are the founder of financial dignity of the financial dignity mo- movement. Please yes. explain to us what you mean when you say financial dignity, and what about the movement? Yes, so you know, to me, dignity is the opposite of shame. Right. Um, To me, financial dignity means 
you know, that you wake up every morning just feeling really good about your finances. You know, it doesn't mean necessarily that you've arrived, but what it means is you are in control of your finances, that you're not plagued by worry, that you're not plagued by shame or guilt, that you have a good relationship with your money. You're actively managing it and, you know, you have a plan and you're working your plan. And that, that's really my goal in, you know, in working with my clients and, and teaching my different courses and classes is to help people to be moving away from money shame and towards lasting financial dignity. Fantastic. And part of and part of the movement is me training other financial professionals about the emotional side of money because I feel like this has been something that has been neglected in the financial services industry for a very long time, you know, whether we're talking, you know, financial planning, you know, banking, accounting, um behavioral finance and really understanding why people do what they do with their money and enlightening people to that, you know, because a lot of people, like I said, they feel this shame and they feel like there's something wrong with them because they haven't mastered money. But, you know, on the whole, people haven't been taught about how emotions affect their money and what they can actually do to take control of their emotions rather than trying to fight against them so that they can actually achieve financial success. So it's like, I know that I can't spread financial dignity to everyone in the entire world. Like I need, I need help and I need to, you know, be able to educate other financial professionals so that they have this deep understanding of the emotional side of money and that they have tools to help their clients move through those issues so that they can also make that transition from money shame to financial dignity. Oh, perfect. You just sparked a question. Uh, I know yeah. a lot of times, <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of times uh, we focus in dealing with the emotions, uh, being mm-hmm. financial educators. We don't, we don't do enough in the area of um, encouraging people to enjoy uh, their money once they yeah. are uh, progressing well, you know, they, they, they have paid down debt or paid off debt, they have retirement, they have done all of the financial planning that's necessary, but we never really talk about the enjoyment of our lives with money once we get to that point. What are your thoughts? On I that? talk about it all the time. I talk <laughs> about it all the time. And it's like one of the things I tell people is, of my clients go on vacation while we're coaching together you know so people kind of think like oh if I hire you as my financial coach like I'm going to be like as one of my friends says the fun police where it's like I'm not going to let you have any fun but that's that's (laughs) not it at all you know I mean unless someone is in a crisis situation there's usually room for portion controlled fun while we are working on our goals so it's really a matter of saying you know, what is it that we want to accomplish, right? What are these things that are important to us? Let's look at how we're spending our money now 
and let's see how that lines up because usually there's things that people are spending money on that really aren't that important to them. And so yeah. I don't even use the term cutting spending. I talk about redirecting spending. I say, okay, you know, you say that these five things are very important to you, but when we look at how you're spending money now, it looks like these other things are important to you, you know, and obviously, yeah. you know, you have to buy groceries, right? There are certain things that you have to, you have to buy to survive. Right. Um, but, you know, once people kind of look at that and say, oh, okay, you know, how can we redirect some of this to our goals? But, you know, I just told one of my clients the other day, um, she got an unexpected tax refund and she said, I'm going to take 50% of it. I'm going to pay some out on debt. I'm going to take the other 50% and put it in savings. And I said, she's like, what do you think? And I said, no. And she's like, why? And I said, you need to spend 10% of that on fun. Yeah. And then you can, and then the other 90% and she's like, Oh, and I was like, yeah, so you need to take that amount and go buy something fun. And she's like, well, what should I buy? I'm like, whatever you want to. Exactly. (laughs) I was like, whatever's going to make you happy. And she's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And it was funny because she sent me, she sent me a text and she's like, I never thought my money coach would tell me to go spend money. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I think that's sometimes a, a missing part uh, of what we do, uh, or, you know, just in yeah. general, we want people to pay off, pay down, pay off debt, uh, you know, prepare for retirement, uh, get all these things in place. And then what? No, you should be able to take a nice vacation, uh, every now and then. Yeah. Uh, it, that doesn't mean that you have to blow, blow your entire budget on the vacation, but you can allocate right. or reallocate money toward having fun. You know, that's something I talk about here on my show, I love, or we love to cruise, Christine, here in the Shipman household. We try to do a <laughs> cruise every year. And everybody that listens to my show know that I talk about cruising all of the time. And unfortunately, because of COVID-19 this year, I was supposed to be on two cruises. And unfortunately, both uh, were canceled. So I have some making up to do in the next uh, couple of years or so. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have like three cruises next year. But see, that's great. Like you have the word ship in your name. Of course you love cruises. <laughs> exactly. And that, that's where, you know, and, and, and I love Carnival Cruise Ship. So Carnival Cruise Ship, if you're listening in, uh, please make some arrangements to have me back on your ship again. <laughs> but uh but it's just it's just so important. You you have to, and it's something that we've instilled within our children as well. Uh, both of them have been working for you know last couple of years before they uh, started college, and we always made room for fun. We made room for them to yeah. buy clothes or to do whatever they want to do as far as enjoyment with your money. So I think it's it's very yeah. uh, important uh, with all of the behavior and the, the emotions around money. You have to build yeah. in fun in that in that plan. So vitally, vitally important that we do that. Right. I mean, it's not it's not like a crash diet. And I think like I don't even like using the word budget. I call it a spending plan, which is part of the overall prosperity plan I create for my clients. Because uh-huh. when people think budget, they think crash diet, right? But when we talk about a spending plan or a prosperity plan, that's more like a healthy eating plan. Like there's room for portion controlled fun. Like you can have a piece of birthday cake, not yes. every day of the week, 
But yeah, I mean, one day a week, you you can have dessert one day a week. That's not going to ruin your healthy eating plan. In fact, that's going to keep you from falling off the wagon, right? If you go on this crash diet and you can never have any carbs, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to last like two days on that diet <laughs> if I'm feeling strong. <laughs> right, right, right. I hear you. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge thing when it comes to food and especially the things that you love and enjoy. And you're right. Uh, I always tell people, I said, look, I've been blessed with a great metabolism, but I have to re- I have to regard what I eat because of my cholesterol. So uh, they, mm. the Lionel Shipman, the Lionel Shipman, they grew up in the South and eating, you know, fried foods almost every weekend. Mm. I can't I can't do that yes. anymore. So and uh, but right. do I still uh, do I still have some fried food every now and then? Absolutely. But I know that I can't. Do right. it. I have to do it in moderation. We have to do it in moderation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got another question to throw at you as we're coming down uh, to All the right. hour. Let's see, can you give me, normally I will be cutting off in about 10 minutes. Well, we'll probably go about another 10 minutes if you can spare me another 10 minutes. Sure. Uh, it, would you address to all of us, uh, to all the listeners tonight, anytime I have uh, a fellow financial professional I love to get their insight, their advice, especially during these days of COVID-19. What advice can you give us tonight of some things that we can do, uh, things that we can look, look to do or stop doing? What tips or what nuggets of information can you kind of sum up for us uh, tonight during these days of COVID-19? Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing that people need to do if if they're not doing this on a regular basis, or if they haven't been doing this, is to really assess their financial situation and see everything in black and white, right? You know, for me to just say like, oh, you should pay off debt or you should do this or you shouldn't do that. You know, people really need to get their arms around exactly what's going on in their finances. And for many people, because, you know, of the mistakes that they've made or they're afraid to see what's going on. It's like they, they just put out fires, right? They're not really proactively managing their finances. So one of the things that um, I institute with all of my clients is the weekly date with money. And it doesn't matter if you're married or you're single, this is time that you are spending with your money. Um, And I tell people it doesn't have to be on Friday night with a glass of wine, but if you want to do it that way, that's fine. Um, I typically do mine on a Saturday morning with my strong cup of coffee because, you know, I like that. Um, (laughs) But it's, you know, it does not, first of all, it, it doesn't have to be miserable and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. So I make it an enjoyable time. I, you know, light a scented candle. I put on some, you know, either some relaxing or some upbeat music, and yeah. I spend time managing my money. And so what does that mean? You know, I pay my bills. I make transfers, you know, to savings. Um, you know, I look at my spending versus my plan. Um, and then I also discuss anything with my husband that's out of the ordinary for, you know, for that week. If you know, we've got some extra bills. We need to move some money from savings, or we talk about how much extra are we going to pay on the mortgage this month. Um, but for most people, like if you do that every week, 
then it only really needs to take like 15 or 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. To just spend that time with your money because when you actively manage your money, first of all, it goes farther because you don't have what I call leaks, right? Cause you're actually paying attention versus, you know, I mean, I have people who come on as clients and they've got this automatic gym membership that they haven't been to the gym for like three years. Right. Oh, and they're wow. paying like $30 a month. Right. And then they're like, well, I might use it. And I was like, when is the last time you went? Uh, right. It's probably been like a year, but it's almost like they're ashamed to like, because <laughs> they should go. And I'm just like, look, this is costing you like $360 a year and you haven't used it for the last, like that's like a thousand dollars that we could be using to, for something else. Oh, you yeah. know? That could and be so fun like, money. When, <laughs> Exactly. So like when you're not paying attention, it's like those little things, they do add up. Absolutely. Um, the one time timely tip that I will give people is that, um, you know, the, the government has, has suspended student loan payments, like federal student loan payments. So you, you actually do not have to make a payment right now, but if you do make a payment right now, it's going 100% towards the principal. So if you have student loans and you can afford to still make the payments or even better, if you can afford to pay extra, if you do that right now, you could literally shave years off the back end of those loans. Ah, good point. That's a very yeah. good tip. That's a very good yeah. tip. Yeah, so... Just save some people several thousand dollars there if they actually act on that and make those payments even though they don't have to. And that's the thing is most people, if they don't have to and they're not getting a bill, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go online and make the payments. Yeah. Great. That, that's, that's fantastic uh, advice right there. Assess your finances and look at uh, making an extra payment on your student loan uh, going forward yeah. during this time. Yeah, yeah. Thank yep. you, Christine. A very good, very good information. You're welcome. Yeah. Now, as we're getting ready to close, I mentioned your website, but please feel free right now to give uh, give us your contact information and information on how to get a copy of your book. Uh, I know I have some listeners yeah. out there that may, may be interested. Yeah. Well, actually, they can download the first three chapters of the book for free, so they can check it out before they buy it. Um, and they can do that at moneyisemotional.com. Um, and the cool thing is, is that there's also a downloadable workbook that goes along with the book where all the different exercises that I talk about in the book, that there's actually space for them to, you know, write out their negative thoughts about money and, and rewrite them as positive affirmations and all of that good stuff. Um, and, you know, they can definitely reach out to me um, directly at hello at christinelukin.com. You know, maybe they, something that I talked about sparked a question and they weren't able to call in or they're listening afterwards. Um, I certainly welcome people organically reaching out to me. But if they go to moneyisemotional.com, that will take them to the book page on my website. Um, but there is a lot of great free information um, on the blog section. They can search a particular, um, you know, 
like if they want to search debt or they want to search savings or they want to search student loans, you know, they can just put that in there. Um, and I've got over 150 blog posts. So surely there will be something there that will help them. Good. Perfect. And you're also on social media. If you can give your social media information as well. Yes. So I am on, I, I should know all my handles and I'm really bad about that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I have somebody else that handles most of my social media. Um, yeah. But if you just look up Christine Lucan, Financial Lifeguard, I am on all of the major channels. Um, yes. I'm really most active in my Facebook group. So if people are active on Facebook, they can search uh, Financial Dignity Tribe. And it's a free Facebook group. And that's a safe place for people to ask questions. Um, you know, we have a lot of really fun interaction in there. Um, you know, I'm always offering tips, but you know, we just do some fun stuff to, to get to know each other. And it's, it's a, it's a fun group in there. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Christine, uh, this was equally, uh, enlightening, uh, not only from our initial conversation, but to have you here on the show tonight was definitely, uh, uh, enlightening. Thank you so much for your expertise, your knowledge, and giving us wisdom uh, tonight. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. We will have to get you back on here again here because uh, it, it's this emotional uh, roller coaster. Uh, we're going to have a lot more information after we get through this year, so uh, we have lots yeah. more to talk about. <laughs> I know. I tell people, like, I could talk for, like, five hours straight, so you just tell me when we're done. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. Hey, well, we, we, we're in the same boat. Man. Me and you are definitely talking, so. But, yeah, but thank you so much for being here tonight. It's really been a pleasure having you here on the show. Thank you. Thank, yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, all right. And I want to say thank you for all tuning in to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me on social media, please connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You can also reach me on my website at shipmentconsulting.com. I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. But before we go, you know, I always have to play a little bit of smooth jazz music. So we're going to go out with a little bit of Marion Meadows. Take care, everyone. We'll talk with you soon.